And see, I think many of us, you've heard over the last few weeks as people share, they say like, yeah, I didn't know I wasn't doing that well with God until you started doing well with God. And I think the same is true in our friendships. Until you really do something that strengthens or nurtures or, or builds your friendship, or you build a new one, you realize, okay, I didn't really have great friendships. But I really want to think about, well, what about our friendship with Jesus? Do we really have an intimate friendship with Jesus? It's been an amazing summer, as we've learned from all the youth and the amazing friendships they built. And for me, it was incredibly fun to see the Russians and Americans build friendships together and how that is such a powerful thing, so different than what the world expects. Or even as we've watched the Olympics, to see how sports can transcend some of the issues of this world, where you have a North Korean and South Korean gymnast taking a selfie. I don't know if you saw that in some of the Olympics. I thought that was powerful. Or how about the 15, the 5,000 heat where an American runner tripped over another New Zealand runner and then helped her up not knowing that herself she had torn her ACL. And how they both helped each other finish that race. That was an amazing story. That was uh, Abby D'Agostino, an American runner, who helped Nikki Hamblin. And even though she couldn't compete in the next race, she cheered on her friend that she made simply through this thing they experienced together. You know, there's also bad things that we saw in the Olympics. There's bad things we see in the world. But it makes you ask the question, why can't we just all be friends? See, friendship is powerful. And God created mankind as social beings that need mutual relationships. But they don't happen on their own. Look at these three passages in Proverbs. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You know, I think we can first look at these passages and think about our friends. Have they loved me at all times? But I don't want you to look about your friends. I want to ask you about you as a friend. Have you loved at all times? Because if you haven't, if you've had a bump or you've had a, a fight or a conflict and you choose not to love, you're no longer a friend biblically. You're just an acquaintance that likes friendship when it's convenient. And I started to ask myself, what kind of friend am I? I don't need to, to worry about what kind of friends are they to me, whether they love me all the time. I need to answer, am I a friend that loves at all times? How would our marriages be if husbands and wives were friends that loved at all times? How would our households of campus and singles be if we were friends that loved at all times? When we sin against each other, do you still love one another? See, in marriage, at least, we can't leave the house. So we're kind of forced to work it out, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, in today's society, there's another option. That's just leave. It even happens in the church. Guys, if we really want friendship, it's a commitment. And it's dirty. Like I shared last week, we've got we to gotta get our hands and our feet dirty with each other. But do we love at all times? Look at this one, Proverbs 27.6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Sometimes who you think is a friend is actually your enemy because they never challenge you. 
Those are the friends that we love hanging out with because they don't call us to make any changes in our life and we can do what we want. That's not a friend. That's an enemy. Just look at the uh, swimmer situation in the Olympics. Are they friends? Or are they really enemies in the end? Wounds from a friend can be trusted. When's the last time you've had some wounds? Are we the kind of friends that are willing to have those discussions? You know, I don't know about you, but in my marriage, I have a wonderful wife, a wonderful partner in the gospel, but she was my friend first. Which unfortunately sometimes makes it uncomfortable because as a friend, she's willing to say the things I don't want to hear. And at times I resist it. At times I rebel. At times I shut down. At times I, I just want to go find something else to do. And then I realize, wait a minute. This is my friend. And 99.9% of the time, everything she shares is right on. So she's got history behind it too. But it's funny how, guys, we don't like wounds. But do you realize without them, we can't have real friendship? Now, I may not like it in the moment, but I am grateful to my wife for the friend that she is. That she's willing to say the things she knows will make me uncomfortable. But I need to hear it. Is that the marriage you have? Is that how your household is? Is that how your family devos are? Are we the kind of friends where we're going to say the truth in love to one another? Otherwise, we're just acquaintances. And that's not going to be a light to this world. Proverbs 27.9 How great is friendship in God's mind? Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. Isn't that true? I mean, just technically, practically, when you fray a nice-smelling cologne or perfume, you don't go, ooh! You're like, right? Now, if it's the wrong one, you have a different reaction. Okay? But when you have the right one, man, it brings immediate joy. And it says the pleasantness of a friend. In other words, relating it to that joy you experience when you first smell that perfect perfume or that perfect cologne springs from their heartfelt advice. If we're not willing to accept and give advice in our relationships, we're not friends. We're not friends. We're just convenient praising of each other. More back to that enemy that multiplies kisses. See, what you may define as a friend isn't how the Bible would define it. And I believe God is calling us to be friends with each other, friends with the lost, as even Jesus was considered a friend of gluttons and tax collectors, and to be friends with God, friends with Jesus. How are our friendships really? I think we need to evaluate them. Friendships are important and science even backs it up. There's an article from the Mayo Clinic that reports these following benefits of real mutual friendships. It's good for your health. Believe it or not, you live longer if you have good friendships. It helps you celebrate good times. Because we need to rejoice. We need to party. We need to have fun with each other. But it also provides support during bad times. We need friends at those moments as well. It prevents loneliness. Loneliness is a very serious issue in our world. 
I think it's what leads to a lot of our depression and suicide and you name it. Bullying and things like that. It increases your sense of belonging and purpose. How can you have purpose if you're alone? When you have friendships, you feel that. You, you could you could just feel that from Isabel as she's sharing about her Hefkel family. After five weeks, and I know it wasn't easy all the time because I've been in those experiences. But man, that there's this sense of purpose and well-being that comes from that. It says it boosts your happiness and reduces your stress. Now, maybe when your friend's giving you the wounds, the stress increases a little. Okay, I understand that. But in overall... Great friendships reduce those things in our lives. It improves your self-confidence and self-worth. Why? Because true friends accept each other. So we no longer have to be something we're not. So we begin to value who we are, our weaknesses and our strengths. And we learn to value our weaknesses and strengths in our friends as well. It says it helps you cope with traumas, such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, or the death of a loved one. How hard it would be to go through these traumas with no friends at your side. It encourages you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits. A true friend doesn't let you stay the way you are. A true friend accepts you for who you are, but loves you too much to leave you there. And that's our Lord. Jesus accepts us, but He loves us too much to leave us in our sinful nature. He's going to transform us, challenge us, mold us, encourage us, inspire us, equip us, empower us. And we're going to have an incredible relationship with Him and with each other. This is science that said this, but I think we can see the biblical principles behind all of them. And that's what we want to study out the rest of this fall is, what is friendship? How do we have a friendship with God? How do we truly have friendship with each other? And how can we be better friends to the lost? And we're going to focus on that the rest of this fall. And I think it's going to challenge us to the core that what we think is friendship isn't even close to what God expects from each and every one of us. See, I believe we need to grow in our friendships and learn how to develop new friendships. If we don't learn how to develop new friendships, how are we going to save the lost? See, this part of our problem is we get bigger. Sometimes I groups, well, i got enough friends. Really? What if the person who invited you said that? Said, I have enough friends I'm not going to share with any more. You wouldn't be here. We cannot get selfish in our friendships. The reality is, is through your lifetime, you're going to replace two friends every time. Almost every year of your life, you're replacing friendships. This is a a statistical fact. And shouldn't we? Because this isn't our final resting place. We'll have time enough for reunions with all our friends for eternity. But we've got to be willing to learn how to develop new ones. And that is so challenging. I know for Leanne and I especially, that's something we've come off this summer going, okay, so much of what we do is with our friends. It's with the church. But we've got to make time in our schedule how to make new friendships with the lost, with our neighbors. This is something that has to change if we're going to be what God wants us to be. Amen? We can't make disciples of all nations if we don't grow in our ability to build new friendships. So I begin to ponder, not only in my friendships with others, but what about my friendship with Jesus? How is my relationship? See, I may serve my Lord, but am I His friend? That's a big difference. I may serve the Lord. Everything. I believe we have servants in this church, but I can't say we have friends of Jesus. 
in this church. There's a big difference. So let's go to John 15 and let's learn from Jesus what it means to be a friend. In John 15 verse 12 it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And we talked last week what that is, right? That's to wash each other's feet. It's to be like Jesus, to love as He lived, not as He died. That's what we're called to do. It's His command. And then He goes on and says this, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Did He not do that? He did because verse 14 says, You are my friends. If you do what I command. So I know a lot of you, when I first said out there, I don't think your friends are you. go, I'm a friend with Jesus. I love Jesus. I pray to Jesus. I sing songs to Jesus. Great. But you're not His friend if you don't obey His commands. If you're one of those zero givers Fred was talking about, you're not a friend of Jesus. Because you're not obeying His commands. If you're not attending when there are meetings of the body, you're not obeying His commands when He says we should not give up meeting together. You're not a friend of Jesus. If you're not willing to forgive your brother or sister when they sin against you, you are not a friend of Jesus. Because you're not obeying His commands. See, we want to describe friendship like the world. It's that good, nice feeling when I can hang with a buddy and have a beer. That's not friendship. You want to be a friend of Jesus, you have to obey His commands. Which means, first, you need to know His commands. So I begin to just look at my own life and say, okay, is there any area in my life where I'm not obeying Jesus' commands? Because if I'm not, then I'm not His friend. I'm not as close to Him as I think. And I know this week, one of them was willing to take input. Several people through the week were sharing the same thing with me. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. Now, my wife was the first one to say it because she's my friend. And then others began to say it. And then others began. Even someone this morning came up and I go, I know what you're about to say. I know it's coming because I need to hear it. That's a true friend. And so I need to obey. I need to obey the commands that says submit to one another. I need to obey the commands that says give up control and trust only in me. I don't know what area it is for you, but if there's an area that you are not obeying God, then it is hurting your friendship with Jesus. Because it says clearly, how can I be friends with Jesus? Only if I obey His commands. That is how we have a friendship with God. And as we'll study out some of the friends of God, Moses and Abraham, it's always in connection with their obedience. Every single time. Guys, you want to have a true friendship? Then obedience is required. It's not going to be easy. But boy, is it blessings when we're willing to do it. What areas in your life is Jesus not really your friend? The greatest thing, though, guys, is you can change it. A command is something you can obey. Maybe you've disobeyed to this point, but from this point on, you could obey. It's a decision. It's not a question of ability. Now, you may need help. There may be a certain area where, like me, your sinful nature, it's stubborn. And you have to have seven people tell you the same thing before you get it. Okay, maybe that's you. Maybe you're someone more humble and you hear it the first time, you go, I got it. I'm sorry. I'm like that with some areas, but other areas, man, it gets my ego, it gets my pride. And God loves me too much to not keep saying it. He 
gave me an amazing wife to first start that. He's given me amazing brothers and sisters in my life that also were willing to say it, and I appreciate that. Even Bill called me yesterday. Bro, I haven't had a time to really tell you some things. And I'm like, here it comes. And of course, Bill does it in such a way, I would encourage you, okay, bro, just tell me. You don't have to encourage me, just say, Derek, repent. Okay, just, just say it. I know, I know it's good. He did. He's not just my father in love. I don't call it father in law, that sounds legal. But he's my elder. And I need to submit to him. But it was still hard to hear. But Bill's my friend. He's willing to tell me the things I needed to hear, just as my wife did. And as some of the others in this region have told me. What about you? Then it goes on to verse 15. I no longer call you servants. Like I said, we have amazing servants in this church, but guys, we can't settle for that. Amen. That's not enough. It's not enough that you just show up. It's not enough just that you give every week. It's not enough that you do this or do that. God wants more than that. He doesn't want just another servant. Because a servant doesn't know his master's business. You see the reason why he doesn't want you just to be a servant? There's, There's something in that statement that's like, I am your Lord, rightly so. He goes on later to say that. And you are, we are His servant. But that's not all He wants from you. He doesn't want you just to be someone who plugs in your Christian clock and, and, and then you're done. He wants a relationship. In fact, so much so He's going, the reason I don't want you just to be a servant is because I want you to know my business. Which actually tells us something about friendship. If you don't want people to know your business, you can't be a friend. You cannot have a true biblical friendship if you keep your business to yourself. Well, you should know my business. Then I can't be your friend. And you can't be mine. Because two friends are going to accept each other. Two friends are going to love each other even when it's difficult. Jesus says, you are no longer my servants. He says, you're my friends. And how do we know that? He says, because I want to share my master's business. I want to share with you what's going on. I tell you, I really appreciate what we have on the staff here in Dallas. I hadn't seen Todd for several weeks. And the first thing when we get to see each other at the retreat, he just pulls me aside. Derek, I just want to let you know what's been going on in my life. I want you to know what's going on with my family, what's going on with my children. I just want you to know everything that's going on. I was just like, wow. That's our leader. And I saw him do that with several people that he hadn't had a chance to just let them know. I go, he let me know his business. That's my friend. And then to see that also throughout the three days of the staff, where we're just going, hey, here's, here's how I'm doing. Here's my business. Help me out. And it was so amazing to see that. We're not just a working group paid by the church. We're friends. That is areas we got to grow in and we're continuing to because we want that for every Bible talk, every city group, every ministry. we got to have friendships that we know each other's business. And it's an exciting thing, I think. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Do you realize what Jesus just did there? He says, you're no longer acquaintances. You're not even in the crowd anymore. You're in my inner circle. You're my Fab 12. Because see, Jesus had the kind of heart Fab 5 wasn't enough. What's your Fab number? 
Who's in your inner circle? Or are you the only one in your circle? I'm just being honest. If you're the only one in your circle, I pray for you. Because I know what I am like when I'm only in my circle. It's not pretty. It's selfish. It's greedy. It's lustful. It's angry. It's irritable. It's so many wrong things when I'm left to myself. I need more people in my circle. And I appreciate that. I love so many different people in this region and in this church that through the years have been there. John Dolman is one that always comes to my mind. It's a guy that's always willing to just come pull me aside and just, hey, how you doing? Appreciate that about John. And what he's been through, and I know his life. I think of Paul Sheldon helping me out with my son and his relationship, and Ben Arcelana. So many people who've been friends. Eric Oliver, who's willing to just come up, Derek, I'll do it. Stop it. Put that no, no, you go fellowship, brother. That's my that's my friend. Eric Oliver's my friend. Who are the ones you could name? I can name hundreds now. But then I start thinking, well, would anyone name me? Am I that kind of friend? And I gotta grow in this. I gotta work on this. I have not arrived in my friendships. I've got to be a better friend. Which means I've got to share my business. That's why I love doing pre-marriage counseling. I always love having, especially kids that we converted in the teen ministry, and then they fall in love, and then they get married, and then they get to hear Leanne and I share about our marriage. They're like, Really? You? Yeah. I love that. I love, I love when they get to know a little bit of my business. And I get to know theirs too, so don't you share anything outside that circle, because i got your stuff. Okay, i got it too. You don't know how freeing that is when you don't have to carry your own business. But it does lead to the question, well, what was his master's business? What was it? John fifteen sixteen tells us what his business is. You did not choose me. Okay, wait a minute. I, I thought I said Jesus is Lord. Yeah, you did. But you didn't come to that on your own. You didn't choose him. I guess I didn't. No, you didn't. Jesus said you didn't. So you're calling him a liar? See, our ego, our pride, even in spiritual things. No, that's not true. No, you did not choose him. You were moved by him and through him and through his people to eventually open up your heart to him. That's what happened. And he chose you. Now, you did respond eventually. You did make a choice. He's not taking away free will. But I think we got to have the right foundation here. He chose us. And see, if we wake up every morning going, man, Jesus is Lord, but man, He chose me, I think you just start off in a better place. Then when you wake up, I chose Jesus. I'm ready to serve today. Great, you're a great servant, but He wants a friend. You know what I'm saying? Got a little gospel right there. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And now he's going to share his master's business. He's going to bring you in the inner circle. And what's he going to tell you? He says, I appointed you. It actually means ordained. So he goes, okay, go. You're with me now. We're in this together. It's not just me anymore. And he says, I ordain you, I appoint you, so that you might go. Because to be a Christian isn't just believing, it's doing. A friendship isn't just an idea, it's acted on. Go and bear fruit. Fruit 
that will last. And so that whatever you ask in My name, the Father will give you. This is My command. Love each other. What's His Master's business? It's to bear fruit. And specifically, fruit that will last. This really hit me for some reason differently than ever before. See, if all I'm doing in making disciples being a servant, I'll bear fruit, but not that will last. But if I am bearing fruit because I am learning how to build friendship, biblical friendship, where their wounds can be trusted, that loves at all times, then I'll bear fruit that will last. See, it's not enough for us to be servants. You may bear fruit as servants, but will it last? The reality is that most people leave the church not because of God or doctrine, but because they never really develop great friendships. That is the absolute truth. So we've got to do more than being servants. We've got to learn how to build great friendships and how to be a great friend, even if they are not that toward us. That's what Jesus did. We're going to look at Jesus and how to build friendships because He's the one who did it. And He has chosen us to make friends as well. Amen? First John 4.20 So how am I going to learn how to be a friend of Jesus? How am I going to have this intimate relation with Him and ultimately with each other? Well, John 4, 1 John 4.20 says this, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So in other words, guys, in the same principle, the same equation, if you want to be a friend of Jesus, you can't if you're not friends with each other. Now absolutely, being a friend with Jesus is going to help you be friends with each other, but the reverse is also true. As we learn how to be better friends with each other, we will be better friends with Jesus. Better friends with God. You cannot tell me that you're a friend of God if you don't have great, meaningful, mutual, biblical friendship in this church. You can't tell me that. You're a liar, as the Scripture says. And I'm not saying it. The Scripture is. So I don't know where you're at. Maybe you got great friendships, then awesome. Let me get with you and learn from you. But I'm looking at me. I'm looking at myself and going, I have some great friendships, but they could be better. And who are my friends in the world that I'm reaching out to? It's a small list. Too small. That's got to change. i got to learn how to be a friend, to bear fruit, fruit that will last. So how do we do that? Well, I want to leave you with some practicals, and then we'll prepare our heart for communion. Here are some ways to form new friendships. Okay, Maybe you're in this room and you're sitting going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in my own circle. I need new relationships. So here's some ways. Attend community events. In your own city. This is why we're in city groups, guys. To be in our cities. To to connect with the people God has put us. He has set the times and place. Attend community events and you could build friends. Why? Because community events often have a specific focus. A goal. An agenda. An idea. a, A gift. A hobby. And if you connect with people that you have similar interests, you're going to be able to build a friendship. Over time. Volunteer. 
How did all these kids build such incredible friendships? Guys, I have youth corps pages from 10 years ago that they're still talking on it 10 years later. Some of them actually married each other. Saw them at Reach. It was really weird. Okay? How did that happen? Because they volunteered. There's something about serving together that builds friendship. This is why our families, I believe, are so strong, especially those who go down to Saturday Academy and serve together as a family. They're not just a family. They're friends. I've seen it. I've seen the the parent-children friendship. Why? Because they volunteer together. But you don't just have to volunteer there. we got Mosaic. We got hospitals that need places. Several of our members work for senior assisted living places. Man, they, they would love to have someone come in and just talk to them. Volunteer, and you will be a friend. And I have a feeling you will make friends. How about this one? Extend and accept invitations. When's the last time you invited someone for coffee? Not just from the world. I'm saying in this church. In your row. Just look down your row. Is there anyone in your row you've never actually had time with? What about the row in front of you? The row behind you? I mean, honestly, guys, in in, in a year, shouldn't we have all at least at some point had a coffee or a meal or a date with everyone in this region at some point? I think we should. I think we'd be better friends and we'd be a better light to the world. But then also, when someone does invite you, oh man, my, my week's really bit. just accept the invitation. But they're not really my kind of folk. Good. I'm being honest. You need friends that are different than you two. Because those are the ones that actually will sharpen you the most. The ones who are like you, you tend to just allow each other to continue in your situation. I'll leave it at that. Okay? Or sin. We need to extend and accept invitations. What if every week through this fall, we invited someone from the body and someone from the world into our homes? What would happen? I think we'd be better friends like Jesus. And I have a feeling you'd bear fruit that lasts. I really believe that. Friendship. I'm not saying go evangelize. Just go be a friend. It's harder. It's easier to evangelize, to be honest. You share your faith, they say, no, you're done. Friend, you you may have to go through that first awkwardness. Have that call back. Get through that conflict. But it's funny, some of my closest friends are the ones I've had the biggest conflicts with. But we work through it. Take up a new interest. Seriously, take up a new interest. What's a new hobby you'd like to try out? I have a feeling there's other people that are in the same boat. And they're looking for friends. I believe God gives us interests and gifts, not just to help others, but to help ourselves. And through those gifts and sharing those gifts with others who have similar gifts, we can build friendships that really make a difference in our life. Come early and stay late for better fellowship. This has been the challenge that I've been given. Is okay, Derek, stop trying to do everything. Just stand in the back and greet people as they come in. 
And I will do my best. Right after I'm finished here, I'm just going to walk to the back. I'm not going to touch the AV. I'm not going to touch any of this stuff. I'm just going to stay there and you can come talk to me. <laughs> yeah. So now 300 voices have been added to the seven. Amen. I get it. I get it. Amen. But seriously, guys, why are we coming in late? That's the one thing I did know being out there, how many of us are late. I love, I love it, too. I'm like, hey! And it's like... You're missing out on friendship building time. Now, I will say, though, you, don't, you definitely stay late because I'm always having to kick everyone out of here. So amen to that. So we're doing good on the staying afterward. But guys, use that time. In fact, I encourage you that each fellowship we have, reach out to someone new. Don't just reach out to the same people. You can do that, because if you come early and come late, you have time to do that too. But I think if we could all just, in our mind, come in, okay, who do I not really know today? And extend that fellowship. How different will we be? How much better will the light be? Because we're building great friendships. And here's the last one on how to form new ones. Take a walk. You'd be amazed how many people, if you walk down your neighborhood, you will find outside. Walking their dog, mowing their lawn. Take a walk. There's an outside. Now, I know it's not easy during the summer, but we're getting toward the better time of the year. Bring that umbrella. Bring an extra one. You're walking out. Someone's like in the rain. You give them an umbrella. I bet you a conversation will begin from that. But just take a walk. We've got wonderful parks, wonderful places to go. Okay, so maybe you've got friendships. How do I get them deeper? First thing, accept yourself. You can't really be a friend if you're trying to be something other than you're not. Because they'll build a friendship with someone who's not really you. So start with you. Just be yourself. Warts and all. Because if they aren't willing to be a friend with you like that, they're not worthy to be your friend. Accept yourself. But then, you've got to accept others. They may not have the same tastes, the same hobbies, the same music, the same gifts. We've got to learn to accept the differences. Actually cherish the differences. I even believe this is between gender friendships. We need to have good gender friendships. Got to have right boundaries though. Amen? Be positive. I don't know of too many that build friendships if they're negative, if they're critical, if they're picking apart. We've got to be positive. Say encouraging things. You know what the number one thing that successful businesses says is the best thing to say in any type of selling or buying is simply this statement. I like you. That's the number one thing that most successful business books say. If you just simply somewhere in that conversation say, man, I like you. Let me show you this. That hearing that I like you does something. And I can honestly say, I like you. Sometimes it's hard to love you, but I like you. And I know it's true for me. Derek, uh, it's hard to love you sometimes, but I'll work on liking you. you got to get there. we got to get there with each other, but be positive. Here's an important one. Don't compete. Competition can really divide friendships. Now, it doesn't mean you can't compete together. But don't compete with each other. Because that can hurt friendships. It really does. And this can happen to marriages too. Certain games are, are, are forbidden in our house. 
Sorry. No, it's not sorry. Sorry. Yeah, so we, we had to get rid of that game, man. That just brings out that competitive nature. It's like, it's bad. And, and, and the way I, I just said, guys, we're not going to play that game because in the Bible, it doesn't say sorry. It says forgive. So we're getting rid of that game. I was saying, don't compete with each other. Com- you know, compete against each other. But we could go do something together and compete in a great way. And here's a very important aspect of friendship. This will help your marriage, help your friendship. Listen up. Stop doing all the talking. A great friend listens first, speaks second. If you're realizing that you don't have a whole lot of friends, it may be simply because you're doing all the talking. Ask questions. Show that you actually care about their life and their, their dreams and their passions, their, their families, their children. Listen up. There's a reason God gave us two ears and only one mouth. Use that and we will build great friendships. And lastly, respect boundaries. If there's something you confide in a friend, it should not be shared outside of that. We have got to be a safe place for each other. And if there's something they need to share with someone else, a true friend will challenge them to do that. But we are not going to rat on each other. We're not going to gossip about each other. We need to respect those boundaries if we're going to have intimate friendships. Amen? We'll talk more about that as we talk about how to build those friendships in the future. But guys, I really believe we need to continue to be servants of Jesus. Servants to each other. But don't settle for just that. We've got to grow in our friendships with one another, with those we're reaching out, and most of all, we've got to learn to be friends of Jesus. As we prepare for communion, let's remember Jesus' words. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, let us pray. Lord God, I am humbled humbled by Your heart, for Your life, for Your words, for Your sacrifice, for Your willingness to call me to be more than just a servant. To actually include me in Your inner circle. To allow me to know Your Master's business. Forgive me, God, that I have not always been intimate in my friendship with You. That it's so easy for me to let it settle to be a joyful acquaintance. God, I pray also for my relationships with others, with my wife, with my children, with my friends. Help me to build those kinds of friendships that the Bible calls us to. Ones that we are willing to accept the wounds from each other because we trust we have the best in mind for one another. That God, even when there's difficulties or conflicts, that we're going to love at all times. And God, I know it's going to be challenging. I know it's not going to be easy. But boy, is it going to be a light to this world. That we will no longer just bear fruit. We will bear fruit that lasts. Thank You for showing us the way of how to be a true friend. You said no one's greater than this, than one who's willing to lay down his life for his friends. And You did that for us. You called us Your friend. And You meant it when You laid down Your life for us. Help us to do the same for one another. Thank You for Your body and the bread that it represents. Thank You for Your blood and the fruit of the vine that it represents. Help us this week to change. Whatever area that we are not obeying, help us to obey 
so that we truly can be friends of Jesus. It's in His glorious name we pray. Amen.